And we are back. This is Mike Cernerich from Danger and Play, Gorilla Mindset, with an Ask Me Anything podcast covering wisdom, intelligence, judgment, business, yada yada. So I answer these on Twitter, and now I'm going to answer them here in more detail and with more elaboration. I think that's how you say that, right? I'm going to elaborate. You wouldn't say that I'm doing more elaboration. I don't know. Something for you guys to think about. That'll be my ask you anything. If I'm going to elaborate, what would I say? I'm giving you answers with more elaboration. That'd be right. All right, let's get going. First question, Mike, how did you know Gorilla Mindset was going to be a big success? Well, hey, thanks for calling it a big success. I appreciate that. Here's why. Here's what I did, and then we'll go to like the bigger principle, all right? I I had a blog. I didn't think you could make any money off a blog. You know, I didn't have have any idea what I was doing, but then I learned how to read Google Analytics. I learned how search engine optimization, and I learned oh, if people are searching for information, then they will pay for it. Now, that goes to the big business principle that people people mess up, man. So here's business: you you are either meeting an existing demand, or you are creating an entirely new market. That's all there is to it. You know, you learn an econ 101 price is determined by what supply and demand, more demand, higher price, right? But that presupposes that there's a demand for your product. I think my buddy Chris Diotis of Good Looking Loser had a great post talking about, you know, the importance of demand. And it's one of those bit business lessons a lot of people just overlook. People like, I got a great idea for business. And, you know, okay, what's your idea? They tell your idea. It's like, all right, well, who's going to buy it? What do you, everybody, everybody wants to buy it. Well, I, why? I mean, why do you think that? You know, first of all, not everybody's going to buy anything, right? I mean, if you look at tennis shoes, we all buy shoes, but there's a huge market in shoes, right? So if you think you're going to create shoes for everybody, you're crazy. So people think they're going to do what I'm going to do, but somehow they're going to, I don't know, appeal to everybody, which you can't. But ultimately, you have to meet a demand and or you create a brand new market. I watched this special on, I don't know, one of those business shows, and they talked about rollerblading, and they talked about a new whistle, a, a guy. It was actually cool in a lot of ways. I should do a whole podcast on that. It was cool in a lot of ways to talk about Amer American success stories where people had a vision and they took it to life. But you know what I didn't like that they emphasized? All right, so all these guys had this business vision. One guy had whistles. There was a certain type of whistle leaves a referee called a pee whistle but when he blew the whistle it could jam up it could gum up so he thought i need to create a, a better style whistle so there's a new whistle called v style whistle and they tell a story and it's is very inspiring in the way we americans like to be expired expired inspired so i have a lot of uh, a worldwide audience and what a lot of people love about america but they don't really understand is we love success stories. We love hearing about people who completely went against the odds and overcame it to win. That is the American narrative. That's what we love to hear. But we don't often focus on the dark side. In the cases of these men who started, they created a new market. They didn't. Well, I guess in the case of the whistle, there was already a demand for whistles, but he created a brand new product that created a new market. But in the case of rollerblades, the guy – there was no demand for rollerblades. People were not rollerblading, so you didn't build a better rollerblade. But they went in like debt. They bet the whole thing. They bet their, their whole family's wealth. But how many people did that and failed? 
So I, I didn't really like that message. I like the idea that you're really – you have an idea you believe in. You're going all in for it. But if you have a family and you're betting your entire net worth on an idea, man, you know, the, there's something called in cognitive biases and just in thinking about the world, survivorship bias, and it goes a little bit something like this. You're only going to look at the winners, right? There's no there's no business special on here's 100 people who had great ideas that would change the world. Oh, and by the way, one guy. One guy won and the 99 failed. And if you looked at all 100 people, they all probably had passion. They all believed in what they were doing. They all had a vision. And yet, you know, one out of 99 or what is it? 90% of all small businesses fail, so 10% make it. And we, what we have a tendency to do as humans is we look at all oh, these 10 guys, you know, out of 100. And it usually is men. Women do it too, in fairness to the women. They're women entrepreneurs. But the the risk tolerance of men is much higher. And again, that leads to pros and cons. If you're a man, you know, I don't think you should be risking your family's life savings on a product. Now, a lot of people say, but Mike, that's crazy. I watched the special and they, they risked all their family's money and they made tens of millions of dollars and they're big time now, right? Yeah, but they didn't show you the nine people who did that. And now we're destitute, right? You got to manage your risk. You got to mitigate your downside. But again, we're we're going a little far adrift. Well, maybe we'll do a whole other podcast on that. But the, the bigger point is, if you're going to run a business, you got to meet a demand that people have, or you have to create a new market, which is far riskier and far less likely to succeed. So me, you know, there's a there is a demand for good, solid mindset information. Everything in Gorilla Mindset was based on things people were looking for. People wanted information on how to focus more. How how can I focus more? How can I be more mindful? How can I control my emotions? How can I be less angry? How can I change my mood? How can I right? How can I feel better about the world? Better about myself? And I created so there's a demand for it. I know there's a demand for it because that's what people actually Google. People were actually looking for that. And I found that my analytics. And then of course um, my marketing was on point. So your, your marketing has to be good. And I'll give you an example. There is a, um, a thing that I used to write about a lot, a danger in play. And it has – my writing on it has over like a million views, right? That's a lot. <laughs> That's all uh, passive, search engine optimization, keywords. That isn't me you know, paying for traffic. That is just people going on Google and finding me. And I'm not even page one at Google all the time to those terms. Huge demand. And I thought I'll do a product with it, right? But um, you know, it didn't work out the way I was going to do the I was going to the product with somebody else, and they didn't want to listen to me essentially and, and market it the way it should have been marketed. And because of that, it hasn't gone anywhere. So even if you find a demand, and there is a huge demand, you have to know how to meet the demand. You have to know how to market to people. You have to know how to sell to people, which is hard to do online. That's why I write about it a lot at Danger and Play, and you should copy my blueprint, right? That's why I don't really understand when people read me. And then they go off and do those little marketing things. I don't like there's if you follow my marketing blueprint, you cannot fail. Period. Now, granted, I don't have the Mike Cernovich marketing course, so I don't hold your hand, but if you just read what I tell people to do, right, and you apply that, you will sell a lot of it is that you're trying to sell, assuming that you're meeting a demand. It's just hundred percent, it's guaranteed. But for whatever reason, people can't I don't know. I don't know what the problem is. People are in a hurry, I guess, is is another big thing too. You gotta realize that. A lot of people will take two years to buy from you, 
multiple years. I hear this every day, and I've talked about it in other podcasts, so I don't want to belabor the point and bore you all, but people are like, Mike, I've been following you from the beginning. Today I bought Gorilla Mindset. All right, well, if, you, if you've been following me from the beginning, Danger of Play was at like 2011. Before that, I had Crime and Federalism, which I probably started in 2004. So let's just say, hypothetically, from the beginning, he means like I've been following you for like a couple of years, all right? Well, it, it, it's taken somebody – I've had over 5,000 posts, but let's just only count Danger of Play. Over 1,000 posts on Danger of Play, um, 115 – I don't know how many podcasts are we up to, 115, 120 podcasts, all great content, all great stuff. Very transparent on the internet, and yet it took this guy years to buy from me. And the way I look at it is that's great, man, because you know, and women, a bunch of women found my stuff lately too, which is interesting. But women are the bigger fan of my podcast than they are of my blog, so I, I need to kind of think of what that means, right? Well, if more, and that's how you think about meeting a demand without you know selling out. You know, women like the podcast more than the blog. Well, why is that? And I don't necessarily think I'm going to go do something just for women, but you know, you I want to maybe start thinking about women I could partner with and work with, and you, know, you always want to think about meeting the demand. Anyhow, so it's taken people years to buy from me, and I think that's great because Gorilla Mindset book sales every month. It's like nice, it's nice every month consistently because I know, hey, it's going to take people a long time. So I'm not like in your face. I'm not guilting you, not hyping. I'm just saying, hey, I'm, I'm doing another podcast. Do another blog post. Every time I do a podcast, every time I do a blog post, I sell books. I just deliver massive value all the time. And I'm not like pop up, pop up, pop up, pop up. Oh, pop up by now. Exclusive, join my newsletter. And then you're hit with like 10 different emails. Why you need to buy my book? You know, that's what people do. Even though I tell them not to. So people don't people don't want to listen to me. So anyway, that's how I knew it would be a success. That's how you know if you're going to be a success in business. You have to meet a market demand, and you have to know how to market to people. But first one is what's the demand? Then you have to find out how you're going to get in front of those people. How are you going to meet that demand? But if you don't have a demand for your product, then you must be saying you're going to create an entirely new market. Fine, but your odds of creating a new market are like low, less than 1%, but know what you're doing. That's the whole point. That's that's always what I tell people is just know you're making the choice, higher consciousness decisions. I don't tell you here's the choice you have to make. Here's what you have to do. I just say make a high consciousness decision, which brings us to our next question. You know, difference between intelligence and IQ or rather IQ intelligence versus like wisdom, right, and judgment. Well, you can't the, – the original question was can you boost your IQ? The answer is you can a little bit but not much. What you can do is boost wisdom and judgment, which begs the question, what is wisdom and judgment? Well, wisdom and judgment are just accurate predictions about the world, right, that are likely – that are more than likely correct, or that they're, they're more correct than random chance. Now, you, people don't think of it that way. But imagine you come to me for advice. Mike, I want to do this. I want to do something. And then I say, here's what you should do. Well, what am I doing? I'm making multiple predictions. I'm making layers of prediction. I'm predicting that, one, you will listen to and comprehend what I'm saying, right? Communications 101. My, my advice to you is predicting that you're going to actually comprehend it, which I don't know. Based on you know the way people market their, <laughs> market their stuff, that has been a bad prediction on my part. So on my judgment in terms of 
will people actually listen to my marketing advice? I would say that I am no. But then you would have to have a base rate of random chance, right? So if you're just going to toss a coin, 50-50, right? Well, the wise person would call it more than 50-50. Now, the ultra-wise might call it 75%, and the just a little bit wise might call it right 52%. But the, the, the mindset is the same. You're going to be right more than just random events, more than probability. So then that's what wisdom is. That's what judgment is because you're making predictions. So you ask me advice. I tell you things. So I'm predicting that you're going to follow it. This you're going to follow it the way you should be. I'm also predicting the market you live in, the people you're around. And that's why a lot of things go haywire. And that's why it's hard to give good specific advice. If you're like, Mike, should I marry this girl? Well, here's what I can tell you. If you're wondering if you should marry this girl, the answer is you should not. Now, that might not always apply to you because you know, not everybody, not every rule applies universally. But if you're having doubts and you're having hesitations, then more likely than not, right, it's going to fail. So I would tell you if you're wondering, the answer is no, you shouldn't. Either you're not ready or she's not ready and I'm making predictions. By telling you no, you shouldn't, shouldn't marry her. I'm making a prediction that you are going to be disaffected or unsatisfied in the marriage, either because you're not ready to be married or because she's not the right one. And I'm also predicting that she isn't going to be happy in the marriage either because she'll sense that you don't want to be married or maybe that there's something about her. Maybe she's just a bad person that makes you not want to be married to her. Do you see what I'm saying? So I make you got to make multiple layers at predictions and people don't really think of that, but that's really all advice is. I'm telling you what to do based on uncertain events in the future. So the wise person can give you advice that it isn't going to be right 100%. But yeah, you know, if you just took a random shot, if you just tried something at random, the wise person's advice would be better than random. That's the difference. So how do you accumulate that? Well, you have to be an IQ observer of human nature. IQ does help, but... A lot of that is experience, reading books, learning from the wisdom of the ages, finding timeless themes about people. And then as you do that, and then as you may take your own risks, as you observe what happens to other people, as you become a more higher consciousness being, then you become wise. And that's why Aristotle even said that nobody should be allowed to write about ethics, which ethics is the philosophy of living. It is We think of ethics only as, um, is it right or wrong? We think of it as like morality. Whereas under Aristotle's view of the world, ethics was kind of like the way of life. So if you're 25, you shouldn't be giving anybody advice about life, right? You're going to. The irony is that the younger you are, the more you're just blah, 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 telling everybody everything. But you get my age, and I'm you know only 38, which is young comparatively speaking in terms of life expectancy. I'm less inclined to give people advice because I'm like, well, you know, it's complicated and I don't even think you'll listen. <laughs> so giving advice is probably a waste of my time. You know, everybody's like, Mike, should I go to law school, man? So that question is always don't go. Well, they're going to go anyway, right? Even though if you Google don't go to law school, it'll tell you why. And that's because we as humans think we're always going to beat the odds, right? We don't think about things logically and rationally. It'll work out for us. But if you're wondering, should I go to law school? If I tell you no, 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 well, that is better than random chance. If you just go and find out what happens, maybe you'll love being a lawyer, maybe you'll like it, but the odds are that you won't. So it is wise for me to tell you to not go to law school. But anyway, I don't I don't spend much time belaboring the point about that or anything else because you're probably not going to listen or you'll argue with me. 
it'll just waste my time. But when you're young, boy, you want to tell it, you know, and I was like this too, you know everything about the whole world, right? I mean, look at look at politics, Brexit. Everybody's got an opinion on Brexit. Uh, most people never even knew what it was. Everybody's got an opinion about this election, you know, Trump, Hillary. And you're, you're thinking, well, how long have you been around this world? How much have you paid attention to? Do you, where do you get your information? You know, you're getting information from the television or from the mainstream media. Yeah, you know, why do you think you know so much? But everybody's got a real hard opinion, especially the younger you are. Boy, you really know it all. Well, that's why Aristotle said you shouldn't even be allowed to write about ethics, which again is not right or wrong necessarily. It's about the way to live, the art of being human, dealing with other people until you're 35. And that was his age where people got older and they actually matured. But now if you're young, you're kind of screwed because we live in a very youth-obsessed culture where I would not ask almost anybody for advice because everybody wants to be cool. Men my age want to be bros. I'm so cool, you know. 50-year-olds, they you know they think their kids still they as youth obsessed. How much Botox and collagen can I get in my face so that I, you know, look young and hip to 25-year-olds? Wisdom is thus in short supply, very short supply. Warren Buffett has it. Charles Munger has it. There are people that um, I admire them. They have really good life advice. Scott Adams has it. The the Dilbert book, right? How to feel at almost everything in life and still win big. Great book, and he has the wisdom. And the wisdom is that, you, hey, can't tell you how to live your life, but if you follow this, if you listen to us, you're going to be right or you're going to have a positive life outcome more often than you'll have a negative one or or you're going to end up better than you would have if you just tried anything, right? If you just tried anything and been random, you'd end up one way. But if you listen to me, you'll end up, you know, all things considered, better off. And then, of course, as you think about how life accumulates and we had a podcast on you know, how to get lucky at life. You're making more and more probability moves all the time, and I give you the high probability moves. I never tell people – that's why people say, my God, don't, don't agree with what you said. I, I don't know. Like, okay, do you want an argument? What do you, we're not a debate society here. If you think I'm wrong and it doesn't apply to you, great. Try it yourself because I'm not saying everything I tell you. Like if I say don't go to law school, well, hey, maybe you're going to be the next Alan Dershowitz or Clarence Darrow or Jerry Spence or whoever. Johnny Cochran, you know, I don't know who you younger people look up to. Maybe that was going to be you, but I give you the advice that if you play the moves and you always listen to me, you're going to end up better than you would have just doing any old thing. That is the wisdom. That's judgment. That's different than intelligence. Intelligence is just, I, you know, your the G factor of intelligence is that you're going to learn things that other people can't learn you're going to learn it faster you're going to pick up pick up for it more you're going to you know if you're going to be a physicist or something very high IQ is very important but to live your life you want to learn more about discovering the right moves the higher probability moves and there there are a lot of those but you have to to open your eyes and you have to open your mind about what is right for example opening your own business is a low probability move Nine out of ten small businesses fail. Okay? Fact. Reality. Working a job isn't safe either. So the, the the it used to be safe. It isn't safe anymore. That way, the best move is what? What do I tell people? Mike, I want to start a business. I'm gonna quit my job. And no, don't quit your job. Work your job. And then either before you go to work or after you go to work. 
you work on your business because your business is probably going to fail. I mean, think about that, right? Nobody tells you that. This is the truth. Your business will probably fail. Not only will your business probably fail, your business will almost certainly fail. 90% small businesses fail. That's 9 out of 10. So that isn't probably. That is almost certainly. But hey, you do it long enough, you're eventually going to find the right business. That's why people say, oh, Trump had four bankruptcies. Yeah, the guys have like 500 businesses. You know, uh, I've had multiple business failures. They've been on a much smaller scale than Trump. But so what? Trump's business failures were largely eaten by the bank. The banks were dumb enough to loan him money. So whatever. He owed the bank money, decided he didn't want to pay the bank and, and renegotiated it. Fine. But how many successes do you have? That's how you have to look at it. Scott Adams uh, recently tweeted that uh, he failed business 30 times, right? 30 times. Well, the guy is a world famous, multi, multi million. It probably, you know, hard to estimate net worth, but he's been doing that Dilbert at full, th full throttle for 27 years. I wouldn't be surprised if he's worth at least 100 million. You know, I would put his income in the, once you licensing and everything, I would put it in the 100 to 250 range, 100 million to 250 million. Who knows? If it's less than 50 million, I'd be shocked. If it was over two hundred and fifty million, I wouldn't be surprised. Now you see how there I'm making like a calculated guess. That that's like a wise um, judgment guess. Like I'm not going to say here's what he's worth. Point is, that's the probability range. And he had thirty business failures, right? If you actually read his book, and that's what I liked about his book, even though he didn't explicitly say it, when he first started Dilbert, he worked his regular corporate schmuck job, and he worked on Dilbert in the morning. He got up early, worked on his side business in the morning. And then the business started picking up a little bit. So then he worked more on the business. Then finally, after he was making tons of money doing Dilbert, then he quit his job. And only then. Same is true of me. I worked as a lawyer and put a little bit of time in danger of play. The traffic for danger of play really kept picking up. You know, I was like, okay, I'm on to something. I'm on some kind of message. This interests people. All right, well, I'm going to keep working my job as a lawyer, and then I'm going to work on Danger Play. And then I worked on Danger Play more and more. And then I realized, okay, I can actually now live 100% off of Danger Play. Quit. Quit the job, right? Then I quit the job. But if you want to start a blog and make money, nine out of 10 times, you're going to fail. That's fine because each failure is accumulated wisdom, and that's how you build wisdom is failing. But you want to make sure you limit your downside. And like those guys in the show I was talking about early in the podcast episode, you're betting your net worth on something that is almost certainly going to fail. Whew. Not – I don't approve of that at all. People need to tell you it's just a side thing, side hustle. All right. I think we got a couple more questions. I like to keep these podcasts under 30 minutes because why – because if I do a podcast for an hour, this is where the data comes in, demand. If I do a podcast for an hour, it gets the same number of listens as a podcast for half an hour. So why would I do an hour podcast? I would do two 30-minute podcasts, right? See how I think? Same way with a book. The gorilla mindset is short. Why? Well, it takes you two and a half hours to read it. 90% of people don't read past the first chapter. If you have a short book, it's more likely to get read. Well, if people read a short book and they love it, well, great. I'll do another one, Gorilla Mindset Part 2, or I'll expand it and revise it, right? That, that is, again, what you learn about life. That's how you start to think about life demand. So the demand is actually for shorter podcasts, more demand for shorter podcasts than a longer podcast. 
especially when me, it's more like a teaching course where I'm teaching you about life rather than just bullshitting with people. I don't I don't like the bullshitting podcast where you're like, oh yeah, what you eat? Oh, what you do? I don't like those kind of podcasts. I like to get to the point. So we have a few more questions. That's why I said IQ is a little bit overrated. And I, I kind of made it to the point where if you got to tell people how smart you are, no, man. That is one of the things people go, what's your best advice for being in your 30s, right? And that's we'll end because this, this is good. I like to, I like to talk about this. People say, well, you know, what advice you have people for your 30s? And this would be 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. There's no more reason to argue. There is no more reason to argue. Do I argue on the internet? No. Now, people might say, but Mike, I see you. No, I'm not arguing. I'm just goofing off, making fun of people, trolling people, laughing at them. I don't argue. And here's why. I'm at the age where you can look at me, look at my life, look at how I live. I'm 38. If I have to tell you I'm right and try to persuade you using words, then what? Then you're an idiot. Just look at how I live my life. If my life were a mess, then why would you listen to me? Why do I need to persuade you? Why would I argue with you? And you hear a lot of times, and again, this is a lot, a lot of stuff. It's like the men do this. Oh, I'm a genius, and I'm this, and I'm the best at this, and they'll tell you how great they are. But when you're 25, you know you you haven't maybe had enough time, unless you had unusual athletic potential, and you were able to, you know, do college football and then professional sports or whatever. But if you're not like one in a million in terms of having an unusual gift. And even then, even if you're a pro athlete, that doesn't mean you know anything about life. Look at all those pro athletes that go broke and look at those pro athletes that get cheated on. They get cucked. They get, um, they're paying child support. Oftentimes they're kids that aren't even theirs, right? That, that Kanye West song, 18 years, 18 years, found out the kid ain't his, right? So even if you're exceptional in one area, you might not be exceptional about life and wisdom. Well, there's nothing – if you're past 30, 35, 40, you should never argue with me. Your life is your life. Your life either stands on its own or it doesn't. If you're a genius and you're special and you're an expert, well, you should never tell me you're an expert or a guru. You say, okay, you're you're an expert marketer? Great. Let me look at all your marketing campaigns and let's see how they've done. Oh, well – Oh, you're an, you're an expert genius, you know, author. Well, great. Let me read your books. You're an expert genius filmmaker. Well, great. You must have had some blockbusters or had, you know, something real big. Oh, it hasn't happened yet. Oh, well, then there's something wrong, right? It goes that way for everything. All these people, I'm a genius. I'm this. I'm that. Uh, you, you know, you ought to tell it because I I'm not a genius. I don't tell people I'm a genius. I'm very good at what I do, but I wouldn't tell you I'm a genius. But I can say this: I do know how to write a book especially nonfiction. I do know how to tell a story and I, I do know how to market. I know how to sell, but I don't have to like argue about it. Just be like, people like, Mike, should I buy a little mindset? Just go read the reviews, man. I'm not going to argue with you about it. Try to persuade you. Like, look, it's on Amazon. There's like 300 and whatever, 40 reviews or something like that. Read the reviews, buy it or don't buy it. But, but I shouldn't have to argue with you. Like I've done it. And in terms of like marketing and launching a book, like I know how to do it. I've done it. I laid out the blueprint. People who listen to me actually succeed and people who don't listen, they they don't succeed. And that's it. So don't argue with people. You're in your 30s. Either you've made it or you haven't. If you haven't made it, then you don't know so much. You don't know as much as you think you know, which is fine. There's always time. You can be in your 70s or 80s. There's always time until you, you know, 
the game ain't over till it's over, man. And it could be over for me or you. I don't care how old or young you are. It could be over to de- tomorrow. It could be over right, right this minute. You don't even know. But if you're in your 30s, you, you've either done it or you haven't. And if you've done it, you don't need to argue with people. Just show them. It's like with fitness, right? You know, if you've got the big body and the abs and everything else, now you might lie to people about drug use and everything, but I don't have to go up to, if I see a big guy, muscular guy, or real, you know, fit woman, uh, there's nothing, they don't have to argue with me that they know about something. Now, what they might know about is more about how to use drugs than diet and exercise, but the point is like, that's your body of work. Same thing with every, you, don't, you shouldn't have to tell me, I'm a great businessman. Well, okay, you shouldn't have to tell me that. Where are your businesses? How many have you started? Well, what are they worth? Oh, well, you know, but I, but I know a little, you're right, you don't. So stop arguing. The younger, the better, actually. But this is especially, if you're in your 30s and you aren't where you are supposed to be, then you don't know so much. Or if you do know so much, do it. Why you got to argue with people so that they know that you know so much? That's just ego. You want them to validate you, and but just validate yourself. Go, go in the reality. So if you're so great at what you do, make it happen. There's no reason in the world to tell people how great you are unless you're just trolling people online, which I kind of do because it's funny. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't argue with people. People are like, all right, Mike, I don't think you know what you're talking about. All right, buddy, great. Great, great. You know, I don't care. Think what you want to think. Why? Because I'm in my 30s. I argued like an idiot. I wish I had those hours back of time spent arguing with morons on the internet. Thousands of hours, probably. I, I don't have that time back because – why? Because I was a young idiot too and probably because I hadn't known as much in my life. I wanted that validation from people to tell me I'm smart because maybe I didn't – hadn't succeeded in the ways that I should have or thought I should have. And again, a lot of that time – a lot of that is just because you're young and you haven't had time to really do it because again, it goes back to life as – a lot about luck and it's about making high probability moves. So chances are you're not going to make it in your 20s. Chances are you're not going to make it in your 30s. It's probably going to take you to your 40s or 50s. Like I kiss the ground every day, you know, metaphorically that I'm 38 and like I've made it in the way that I want to make it. Now, maybe I haven't made that you want to make it. Maybe you want the yacht and the Tribeca apartment in New York. Good for you. But in the terms of me, I've made it. And I'm like, wow, I've made it and I'm only 38. This is incredible. You know, I'm so grateful every day. But a lot of people who are 25 are like, Mike, I want to be with you. I want you. Like, wow, you no. Try try doing what I do for five or 10 years. Work a real job, start a side business that you really love or that you think you make a lot of money doing, and then keep doing it. And then you'll make it. It takes a lot of time. So if you haven't made it yet, I don't care what your age is. I mean, maybe you just made bad moves. Now you got to make smarter moves. Thanks for tuning in. This is Mike Cernich. Danger and play. Gorilla Mindset.